as important and as busy as God is, when you sing praises, he actually stops. He can do this and keep everything spinning. Um, he actually stops and it catches his ear and it catches his heart. So don't ever think like your child, your four-year-old child singing in her room stops God and arrests his attention. And he is there and he actually comes there in that sense in a much deeper way than when we do nothing and when we ignore him. If, if we stop, he also is able to stop. Now he can stop for you and for you and for you. But this isn't that a powerful thought that you can actually arrest God's attention when you praise when you stop your life and praise and, and, and worship the Lord. And so, um, so that's kind of cool. I have a bass player joke. Do you want to hear it? What do bass players and, and baseballs have in common? Where's Tyler Camfield? Where is he? Put your hand up, Tyler. He loves this. Where are you? He's at the back. You sneak. That's why I'm glad this joke is about you. What do bass players and baseballs have in common? People cheer when you hit them with bats. That was not approved by me. You should have, should have read my notes before. I gave you lots of time. Um, the first thing I said was, I am not a part of that joke. I'm really glad you're here. Thank you. <laughs> because, no, funny story. I think it was Monday. Yeah, it was Monday. Uh, Pastor Corey actually put a message in Slack saying, hey guys, I'm thinking of heading to Winnipeg. Um, no, it was worse than that. I literally called Renee on, oh yeah, I'm booking tickets. on her day off. Oh yeah. I texted her the details of the flight numbers and said, can you book this ticket to Winnipeg? Right. So he was planning on not being here tonight. No. And she's like, um, first Wednesday. And I'm like, oh. I'm doing that. She's like, yeah, you're like, what do you want to do at first Wednesday? And so this could all have been you. So you should yeah. be very grateful. I actually thought about that when I was down there and I'm like, so um, thank you for being here. Pastor Leon Fontaine died from Springs Church and uh, some of my pastor friends were going to that. And so I thought, well, anyways, but I didn't because I'm here because it's first Wednesday. <laughs> Obviously, and I'm doing first Wednesday. I was, I was committed to it. And so I had just completely forgotten about it. So um, are you guys aware that we're doing Christmas Eve at... Three, three o'clock and four o'clock. We're just going to spin them really quick. Just like maybe a 35 minute service. Just spin it really quick. Going to be beautiful. Um, but we're not doing anything uh, Christmas morning. So if you show up here Christmas morning, um, Jesus will be here. And you. And that's it. But we're going to be with Jesus uh, with our families on Christmas morning. So um, There's also a dream team party on um, New Year's Day, right? On the 2nd the second right the second because that should be a holiday we think see this is why we have renee in our lives you guys should all be very grateful that renee's yeah. on staff with us because she keeps this all organized renee. renee and crystal us on track. without them so that's the dream team party if you're on the dream team most people here are if you're not get on the dream team and come to the party because it's a super fun family party last week a llama showed up in my office right i remember last year last week oh my what's going on maybe i should be in winnipeg right now um all right and so um uh, we're going to do communion after. So if you've never experienced communion, um, it just symbolizes the, the, the broken body of Christ as we take the wafer. There's just there's a little top layer that you'll get handed. Uh, top layer is the wafer, and then the bottom layer is the, the juice. And so it's not wine, kids. Don't get excited. And the um, But that represents the blood of Christ and the body of Christ. And uh, sometimes it's good to do that when we come together.
and just remember uh, that it's really God. There's nothing about communion that's about you. Everything about communion is about God, and it's just a good reminder for us. So, um, yeah. Do you and want... also, if you're gluten free, there is options over there at the communion table by the prayer corners. Juice is gluten free. The wafers. Um, hey guys, before we get started tonight, we want to pray for our friends Wes and Jenny. Um, so they just moved to Airdrie early last week and had a surprise blessing. Wes was a guy that I met when we first came here who worked for the city who got baptized a couple weeks ago. Yeah, the one that talked about the bearded man meeting him on the path. He was the bearded man. Um, but um, So they had a baby on Thursday right after moving. They haven't even unpacked yet. They had a surprise five-week early baby boy named Benjamin. He is such a gift, but um, he's really struggling uh, with his lungs because he's so early. And um, can we just join together tonight? Let's just pray the power of the Holy Spirit over this. Yeah, do you want to do this? Ahead. Okay. No, I'm already, I'm all fired up. Lord, in Jesus' name, we just ask for the healing power of God to inflate that uh, baby Benjamin's lungs in the name of Jesus. Bring the hope of the gospel and the hope of the cross and resurrection of Jesus Christ to bear in this situation for Wes and Jenny as well. Father, we pray for salvation, not just for them and for this child and the call of God on his life to come. Father, but he needs a body and a healthy body to be able to fulfill the call of God on his life. And so, Father, we pray for this child, Benjamin, in the name of Jesus. We pray for every ripple effect around that couple uh, in the name of Jesus. We pray for uh, the Lord to continue his sanctification work in their lives, Lord God. But thank you, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, rebuke every spirit of infirmity, every spirit of fear, and every spirit of lying in the name of Jesus. Diagnoses are not final. The word of God is final. And the resurrection is final. And so we thank you, God, in the name of Jesus that uh, your power is uh, being brought to bear in this situation. All right, um, just hang out for a sec, Sean. You know, this is an interesting time for me. I, I said for the first time ever, I think I'm going to be preaching like an encouraging sermon and kind of like a slow down and take a breath sermon. And I know that I've never done one of those before. Um, it's been an interesting few weeks, so I was, um, I, my body, I was uh, sick and kind of under the weather a little bit. And normally I have enough energy to cover just about anything, but I found myself just really kind of, um, you know, everything was just more difficult. And I realized like, I started thinking back to the year and I started thinking back to, it's been a busy time for us here at the church. I think it's been a busy time for everybody coming out of COVID and then the church grew a lot and then we're busy and, and, um, and we built a building. And, you know, I just realized like if I'm tired and it's showing up in me, then y'all have probably been tired for like a while. And so, so I just want to preach just kind of a word of encouragement to you tonight. And um, I think it's time to take a victory lap because it may come as a shock to you that maybe a blind spot of mine is that I, I don't, I shouldn't say that. I don't have any blind spots, Lord. is that I don't, uh, a finish line is never finished for me. So I can be like, hey, we're gonna do this thing, we're gonna do this thing, come on church, let's do this thing. And then it's like, we're done that. And five seconds later, I'm like, okay, we got three more things. And I never stop and just take a victory lap and just like, hey, great job, everybody. You know, um, it's not like I don't say that to you, but I don't, I don't think that to myself. And, um, and so I, I, it's just a constant push, it's a constant next thing. And so I kind of feel like the Lord is just slowing us down right now. Um, do you want to give the heart for the house number that people were generous and, and gave to the Lord for? We, this is the number so far, everybody. Sure. So if you want, weren't here the last week in November, we had what was called heart for the house. And that is just a time of um, 
throwing fuel on the fire of the vision of what God's given us to grow, to reach more people, and to... I spent all day picking hairs off her. Sorry. Okay. Um, anyhow, Heart for the House was an amazing Sunday, and I want to update you guys right now about what has come in. So, so far, $81,620 has come in for Heart for the House, plus... $5,750 has been pledged that's still coming in in the future. So and It's still coming in, and so yeah. we thank you, everybody who uh, had a heart to give there. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it was nothing that we wanted to, like, put on you, but we just want to, look, nothing that we have matters if, if it's not for God's work in the world. And so that, to us, is how we sort of think about things, and, uh, and uh, it's just been a blessing to see. Already the blessing in our family with our kids who have given into that has come back. Um, to some of them already, just even financially. It's just kind of funny how God seems to work that out. And so, um, so thank you. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you. you for uh, those of you who are generous in that. And thank you for those of you who every month off of your check, you give your tenth to the Lord. It, it, it gives food in God's house, that there may be food in God's house. And, uh, and there's food in the house for the city. So thank you so much. Um, King David said, um, thanks, Sean. Did you want to stay up there? You could if you want to. So you should up there? Yeah, okay, stay up there for a little bit. Um, Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Another, it could be said, like, I shall not lack. I shall not need. Another translation says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Now, this is King David talking about this. Think about your life right now and think about King David's life. And uh, he's saying, he's saying, in this moment, I have all that I need. But then in the next verses, he goes straight into, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And I'm thinking, we don't want to say, I have all that I need. You are all that I need. We don't want to say that until until after the other stuff, right? right. We want to get through, like, he set a table before me, that situation was resolved. This health issue was resolved. This salary issue was resolved. And then, yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we want to be on the other side of these things in this place where we don't have a box that's full of disappointment or full of hurt or full of sickness or full of, you're just tired or full of a relationship that's gone south and um, I just realized David was not waiting for his problems to be solved before, get this, before he focused on the relationship he already had. And so I thought to myself, what he's done is he's taken the enemies that he's eating with, he's taking the, the valley of the shadow of death, and he's put them in a box called things that haven't been finished yet, things that aren't online yet, relationships that aren't there yet battles that haven't been won yet he's put them in a box over here and he's actually taken that box and put it under and and started with the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he makes me to lie down in green pastures he leads me beside the still waters and i'm thinking too many of us don't understand it's okay to take a victory lap it's okay to take a rest it's okay to hit pause in the middle of the race sometimes and just let the Lord lead you beside this. The water's raging over here, 
but the Lord is leading him over here. And I think we just need to do a bit of a pause and a timeout at Christmas this year. I think we just need to remember the Lord. And David is focusing on a relationship that is above all of his needs. And he's saying, you will not supplant the place of this relationship with my shepherd. You shall not take over this relationship with my shepherd. Because I have the Lord, I have all that I need. Um, so I was thinking about that. What's in your struggle box today? What's in the thing that's still tripping you up? The addiction you're still struggling with? The moral purity you're still struggling with? The, what's in your... You're having trouble parting with your resources to the Lord. You're having trouble parting with forgiveness to somebody. You're having trouble being patient and kind things that aren't online there just think about your struggle box and put a few things in that struggle box tonight and let's focus back uh, let's focus back on the lord the enemy wants you to place need above god and he also wants you to place need above you i'm going to preach a, a just a two-part sermon series about christmas about this whole idea of, of what do we do next um he what david did was he trained a need, this, this is how it came to me. He trained a knee-jerk reaction when he saw his box of struggles. Every time he saw his box of struggles, he trained a knee-jerk reaction into his words. So watch this. He, he doesn't say anything about this yet. He trains a knee-jerk reaction. When I see that person and they hate me and they've been lying about me and they're causing trouble, when I see them, I train a knee-jerk reaction to say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside. I train. My need actually makes me knee jerk into something that's healthy and something that's whole and something that's good and something that doesn't change. That's right. And something that doesn't need to be fixed. I've heard it like this. Like, um, whenever you feel that anxiety, you know how you feel? Like that feeling you get? Let it be a trigger that reminds you, oh no, I, I need to run to God now. I need to turn to Him. He's all I need. And what if instead of speaking fear and speaking sickness, you know, when you start feeling that way, because I've had to deal with this in the last few weeks, it's like, when I start feeling like I'm coming down with it, now be wise, don't run outside without a jacket on. My dad told me when I was a kid, because we were all about praying for the sick. And uh, my, one day I was sick and my dad said, uh, I said, dad, can you pray for me? I'm not feeling well. And dad's like, I'm not praying for the kid that was running around outside in the winter without a jacket yesterday. And I'm like, oh, that's how prayer works. Okay, <laughs> But there's still this other thing that when we can feel it coming on, we can trigger words of fear and words of doubt and words of, he's not there yet, God. My husband's not. And I wish he was here. He's not. Rather than that, you got to train a knee-jerk reaction that comes over here and says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. I shall not lack any good thing. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Um. Paul writes to the Philippians. Is it weird to have the music? I kind of like you back there. It's great. It's okay. Okay. You like it? Okay, good. Do you want to read this? Um, yeah. Paul writes a letter to the Philippians, and I think you see a little bit of, of this sort of spirit about it. So this is Philippians 1.1. 1, 1. This letter is from Paul and Timothy, slaves of Christ Jesus. I'm writing to all of God's holy people in Philippi who belong to Christ Jesus, including the church leaders and deacons. Do you want to explain what deacons means? I was reading the commentary on deacons. I think it was in my uh, YouVersion Bible app. If you're not reading your Bible every day, go in there and friend some of us. Um, 
The word deacons there, this is what I love about, about Venue Church, by the way. The word deacons there means to kick up the dust. It, it means, get this, it means a servant so swift to accomplish service, he stirs up the dust of the street running to get his job done. And I'm like, we got a lot of that here. Yes, Y'all are a lot of that here. Yes, we do. But then, then sometimes we just got to be like, okay, this Christmas, the Lord is my shepherd. It's time to maybe just take a, a, take a walk down by right. the still waters. So, verse 2, may God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. I could complain about you is what he's thinking. It's one of his churches. I could complain about you to God, but no, I don't. I give thanks. I, th I give thanks to God. Yeah. Whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy. I could, I could choose to worry about, about, that's what he's thinking. I could choose to worry about that small group leader in that church. I could worry about their marriage. I could worry about their decisions. I could, but whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy. I'm going to see something that's not on your life yet. I'm going to see something that's not on my family member yet. That's what he's saying been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And I'm certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his can work. I, can I just hit pause? This is what I'm seeing here. That God, who began the work in Aaron, is going to finish it. Not that Corey, who began the good work in Aaron, is going to finish it. That's, uh, that's on me. That's on me. <laughs> now just be honest. You can it's interrupt okay. me anytime. Anytime? Well, no. <laughs> and I'm certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. That God who began the good work will continue his work when Christ Jesus returns. I think he's saying there like, if I look at you or if I look at me, I'm not as certain. Right. But when I look to Jesus, I'm certain. Yeah, that's good. So it's right that I should feel as I do about all of you. For you have a special place in my heart. You share with me the special favor of God, both in my imprisonment and in defending and confirming the truth of the good news. We would like to, can we just as your pastor say, I just want to say that it is right that we feel proud about you. And we are proud about you. We brag about you every place we go. We go to other people's churches and we're like, your church people suck. <laughs> you don't even know. I'm like, you need to bring your teams to venue church so you could see what a people can do who came from nothing and now have everything because of the Lord and his work in, in our lives. And, uh, and then we see in my imprisonment, when he wrote this letter to the Philippians, he was in prison. You look at his life and you're like, yeah, you can say all those things, but you don't have my teenager and you don't have my boss and you don't have my financial struggle. He's actually in prison as he writes this and he's telling you, he's giving you a template for this is what we choose and this is what we look at. And this is how I pray for you. And this is what I'm deciding to feel right now. And, and this is, I'm setting my eyes on him. I don't actually think that I'm in prison is what he's saying. You gotta think about this. Paul in prison, if it was you, we'd just be like, let us out. Paul is like, if I had one more week, I could get that soldier saved. Right. And if he hits me again, I could forgive him again. And if I just had a couple, if I just had a couple more of my boss getting at me and, and humiliating me in front of everybody, I could forgive him and maybe the Holy Spirit could. 
if I just had a couple more. It's just a different mindset. He, he had an attitude to be okay with where he was at right now. And I think that's what we need to see tonight. So verse 8, God knows how much I love you and long for you with the tender compassion of Christ Jesus. I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Christ Jesus, for this will bring much glory and praise to God. And I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that's happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. For everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I'm in chains because of Christ. Can I just hit pause there? Sometimes when you're in chains, we don't treat it like we're in service for Jesus. And people know you're just in chains. But in chains because of Christ is a different thing. And I think you can take any imprisonment in some regard and treat it like you're serving Jesus. Joseph was thrown into prison unrighteously and he served the guard as if he was serving Jesus. As if he was there, as if it was God, as if this was God's appointment. And one day it was Pharaoh, but for the time it was, it was not. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. I'm just feeling that tonight, like because of my imprisonment, there's like a confidence and a boldness that's coming. Um, I know that it has been hard for so many of you in these last few weeks. So many of you are going through freedom group, baptism, um, sickness, having to bring up your faith. And I know it's felt like you've been in chains, but take, take heart tonight. For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or die. For to me, living means living for Christ and dying is even better. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. But for your sakes, it's better I continue to live. He does what the devil hates when you do. Because he'll hold a, a gun to your head and he'll threaten you with the loss of something, right? And so he'll hold the gun to your head. And to Paul, like Paul is facing imprisonment, he could die. And so Paul goes right there and he says, well, even if, even if the worst thing the devil could do to me could happen, it would probably be the best thing that could happen to me. And I think sometimes you just got to take it there. It'd be like, if the worst thing happens here, it might be the best thing from God. And the devil can't put a gun to your head anymore and threaten you with that and make you freak you out all the time about that. Okay, verse 27. Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then, whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. Don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that they're going to be destroyed, but that you are going to be saved even by God himself. For you've been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. We are in this struggle together. You've seen my struggle in the past and you know that I'm still in the midst of it. I want you to do something uh, today. Maybe before you leave, I want you to encourage somebody else in the middle of your struggle. Because this letter of encouragement just encouraged you, and he's in the middle of a struggle right now. 
and he didn't stop and wait until all the boxes. Did you ever notice that when one need is taken out of the box and one thing is fulfilled, that we forget to thank God for it because it's always something else that replaces it? And David is full of thankfulness because he always comes back to center and he's always like, no, there's a quiet stream for me. God is my, I don't need anything. God is, look at what God has done. Um, let's ask the Lord today. Maybe you need to get prayer for this about, about this, but let my knee-jerk reaction not be, oh my goodness, I need. Let my knee-jerk reaction be, look who I'm with and look what we have. Look who I'm with, look what we have. It will remind us that these things aren't God and these things can't control and these things can't shake us. We can't pray out of our need. We have to pray out of faith because faith is the currency of heaven and faith is what God recognizes. And when I take, when I'm constantly praying about my need and I'm constantly focused on my need, I'm not praying in terms that the Lord can even answer. I have to come back to this place. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Lord, I need to ask you about these things, but would you prepare a table before me in the presence of some of my enemies over here? I want to bring them back to the Lord. I want to mediate. I want to do something that brings them back. And God, in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And somebody else is fearing evil right now. And uh, we have to pray out of this thing called thankfulness, out of this thing called gratefulness. We have to pray and thank God of who we're with and what we already have. So that when we pray about this, we're coming from a position of faith and strength and relationship and sonship and daughtership. You know what I'm saying? And we're not coming out of this thing of like, oh God, if I don't get this, I don't know if I'll believe in you. Or like, God, you didn't answer my prayer. I'm angry at you. When we come back to center, we can't do those things anymore because we're like, no, actually, I have all that I need. Um, we are more than what we don't have. You are more than what you don't have. You will always be more than what you don't have. Don't let your need overtake who you are in Christ. You know, when, when our marriage failed, I distinctly remember a time where I was looking down the barrel of losing everything and everything that you see here. And I was looking down the barrel of, I don't know, somebody else raising my kids. And I heard this come out of me. God, if I lost everything, I would still have you and I'd still be okay. You remember that, that field I used to walk past? It was the middle of winter and I was in the middle of that field town we lived in out, out of town and I was on my knees and on my face in the field and it was the middle of winter and there was snow on the ground and I remember just the desperation of my soul but coming back to center and saying but I would still have you and I would be okay because you're all that I need and I think the problem that we get distracted with over here is that we think that we need these things but what we really need is Jesus what we really need is more of Jesus. What we really need is to follow the shepherd down into the green pasture and down by the still waters. And I realized that, you know, we say to our small groups, like, hey, welcome to small groups. It's a safe place. You can take off the mask, all the things, you know. We just want you to grow in one thing this term. That's what we always say. Just one thing. Maybe you've never lifted your hands in worship. Maybe you've never given any resources to God. Maybe you've never forgiven any. We just want you to grow in one thing. 
I have to admit that I don't don't want you to grow in one thing. I've never wanted you to only grow in one thing. I've wanted you to grow in 50 things every term. And if you did that, then there would be another few things that I could think of. And I just want you to grow, grow, and grow. And we have that spirit of people around us. But I want to tell you today that it's okay if you're not there yet. It's okay to take your time. As long as you're growing in the faith, as long as tomorrow is a little bit better than today was, as long as we're just adding a little thing every, don't be overwhelmed by the box of need and the box of struggle and the box of things that aren't online yet. It's okay. As your pastor, it's okay. I'm always going to push you because I don't, I don't, part of my blind spot is I don't see you today. I see you tomorrow. And it's like, it's kind of good to have that kind of leadership because I'm not always like depressed. No offense, but I don't treat you like yesterday. I treat you like what you're going to be tomorrow. I preach like you're going to be tomorrow. I, I I see tomorrow. I see you tomorrow. But there's this this place where we just this Christmas. It's okay to hit pause. It's okay if if every relationship doesn't get better. It's okay if something doesn't come online. It's okay. Some of you I know that even with our heart for the house, some of you wish that you were in a financial place where you could do. And well, go to financial freedom group. That'll help. But you got to kind of do your part there. But here's what I want to say. It's okay. We've got nothing but time. We've got nothing but time. And God is faithful week after week and year after year. And it's God's work that he began in you. And he's going to finish it. Don't you get worried about it. You're not going to do him a favor by getting worried about the work of God in your life. Let God worry about it. God's the only one who can manage that. So um, this this Christmas, I'm, we're going to take up communion in just a minute here. This Christmas... I'm going to focus on, this is a, a big one for me, is that I'm going to focus on, on we got to be in a church full of people that see the world different. That is a huge blessing in my life. I am blessed to be a part of that. I am blessed to be a part of you. I am blessed to serve the Lord alongside with you. You know, um, I'm glad that I, I live in Christ and my pain is not pointless because for a lot of people, pain is completely pointless and life is lonely and purposeless. And when I was, um, when I was a child, uh, this is a little bit of a weird story to end on, but when I was a child, thank you prayer team. They're just getting ready for communion. When I was a child, we also have kids on prayer teams. Did you know this? Somebody had a vision for that, and it wasn't me. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. It is now my idea. Um, It's not my idea. When I was a child, you know, I grew up in a good home, but um, I was what's called demonically oppressed. So you you hear about demon possession. You see all the freaky movies. Possession is what's inside. Oppression is what happens from the outside. So it was kind of like the weird movies that you saw there. But it was my story. You know, when I was really young, I had severe asthma. And I remember... I remember the feeling of watching everybody walk around their normal lives in the in the daylight and the sunlight and when you went to school. I remember everybody else, I'm like, what is up with every, I, like nobody else is dealing with this that I'm dealing with. I have a great family. No other people had the struggle in their family or in the addictions or whatever that looked like. But for me, it was just this weird thing that was, it would happen not every night, but often for hours at a time. And so it was like a night terrors, but like hallucinations and things like that. So anyways, it's a longer story, but I remember feeling so isolated and so alone. 
and I remember, you know, even back then, what I know of church culture, I don't know that there were a lot of churches that would have dug into that because that's weird, you know. But I just want to say that I am proud of this church because the more that I live, the more I realize that's in more stories. The pain is in more stories than we thought. And some of you have suffered, and some of you are suffering right now. And I want to say you are not alone in that suffering. Don't ever let the devil isolate you and make you feel like you're the only one that's going through something. You are not the only one that is going through that thing in this room. And God wants to speak to you. But I am, this Christmas, I am grateful that there is a church that sees the world. And, and I, I wanted my life mission to be that anybody within my reach would have an opportunity so that the devil could never take another child out and torment them. That's why we go for kids, and that's why we go for youth and high school kids. Because the thought, I can't live in a world where the devil can get to kids like that. And so something drives me in there. But even in the middle of that driving, I know that you share that too. I know you share that vision, but in the middle of that, it's still okay to just come back to center and to say, the Lord is my shepherd. I can take a week off. Don't take a week off and do something stupid. I can take, it's okay. I can go down and I can rest a little. I can have a nap. I can go down to the still waters. I can listen to worship music. I don't have to like go, 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 go this Christmas. And maybe this Christmas you just need to sit. If you have a family, just sit and just like read the Christmas story and just settle into the, the grace of God uh, in your life.